Thank you for listening to Fearless LA. We believe that where love is greater, fear is less. Tune in today to listen to a life-changing message from our special guest. Genesis 37 verse 1, it says, Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was, a stranger in the land of Canaan. This is the story of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, somebody say 17, was feeding the flocks with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Uh Uh-huh. Verse 3. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors, okay? But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now, Joseph had a dream. Now, Joseph had a dream. Now, Joseph had a dream. Now, I have a dream. Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream, which I have dreamed. There we were building sheaves in the field. And then behold, my sheaves arose and also stood upright. And indeed your sheaves arose also, uh, uh, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheep and his brother said to him shall you indeed reign over us or shall you indeed have dominion over us so they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words my god it's not enough that they'll hate you for your dreams but when you start talking about your dream when you start talking about what you feel god has called you to do when you start talking about your destiny when you start talking about your purpose it really makes the enemy mad because the last thing he wants you to do is say it out of your mouth because he understands that life and death are or in the power of your tongue and when you speak something something happens because he gave you creative power with your mouth so he's mad they're mad they big mad okay oh they mad mad mm-hmm yeah yeah so 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 they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words okay so we're jumping into verse 9 then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said look I've dreamed another dream and this time the sun and the moon and the 11 and, 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 and 11 stars bowed down to, to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers and his father rebuked him saying to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall you shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. I'm going to add some New Testament scripture to this because I just want to make sure that we mix some old with some new and then we can see something amazing. Okay, let's just put some one verse of scripture if we can. Romans 8 28. A lot of you guys already know this. Okay, and we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. I want to speak to you for the next few minutes, if I can, from the subject matter detours to destiny I feel in my spirit there's some people in this room that are pursuing destiny I mean you're in hot pursuit 
of your destiny, of your calling, of your purpose, of your gifts. You're trying to unlock this thing. You're trying to figure this thing out. You're trying to walk in this thing right now. You're trying to make it, you're trying to make it do what it do. Hello, somebody. You're really trying your best to do this thing and you want to do it the right way. You want to do it the righteous way. You want to do it the way that's going to be pleasing and honoring to God. And you're on your way to destiny, but there is some detours that I want to tell you about today that Joseph went through that I think will help you along the journey. Can we pray real quick? Father God, we thank you. We give you honor and praise for the next 35 minutes, 25 seconds that you're going to speak a word that will activate something inside of every person, every fearless individual in this room, every person that would watch this online or listen to a podcast, every person that hears this word today, I pray that you would challenge us from within, challenge us, help us, Father, challenge us to change, challenge us to be different, challenge us to see it in a different way, challenge us, Father God, to submit to your will and not our way. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for victory in front of us. I thank you that the devil will not stop us behind us. I thank you that greater is he that is in us than he that would come against us in the world. We give you glory. We give you honor and praise for every detour that you have ordered in our lives towards our destiny in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. Wow. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Wow. I feel like I'm in a room where I don't have to fluff as much and I can just get straight to the point. I had an introduction thing that was nice and cute and cuddly and funny, but I just feel in my spirit that I just need to come straight at you. You don't don't need no chaser. You just need it straight. You don't need it diluted. You don't need it watered down. Somebody's destiny... Somebody's, somebody's destiny is on the line this morning and you need a word from God. You need God to speak right to you, right where you are. So here it is. You have been ordained for such a time as this. You have anointing, you have gifting, you have power, you have authority that God has placed you in this earth. Do you understand that you are so special and significant that in the days that God created the earth here in Genesis, you back that thing up to Genesis 1 and 2, it is the creation days. He created the sun and the moon. He created the worm. He created the, 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 the land and the ocean and he divided it. He separated night from day. He did all of these things and he did it all with his mouth. He spoke it and there it was. He spoke it and light came. He spoke it and darkness separated. He spoke, he spoke, he spoke. But do you understand that you are so special, that your destiny is so valuable, that you are so amazing, that God decided to do something different when he decided to create man? He says, I'm not only going to speak man into existence, I'm going to do something that I have not done yet. I'm going to reach my heavenly hand down from heaven and I'm going to reach into the dirt and the dust of the ground and I am going to form man with my hands because his purpose and his destiny is so important. What I have created him to do is so valuable that I cannot jeopardize just speaking it. I have to touch it. You're so special that God reaches down into the dust of the ground and he begins to form you out of his hands and he makes you in his likeness and his own image. He made nothing else in his likeness in his own image. He didn't make any of the animals in his likeness in his own image. He didn't make the hyena in his likeness in his own image. He didn't make the giraffe in his likeness in his own image. But when it came to you, he made you in his likeness and his image and you are made in the image of God so it is impossible. For you to have low self-esteem, boo-boo. Got to get rid of that low self-esteem. Got to get rid of that poor self-image. 
Because it's impossible to you, for you to be ugly. It's impossible for you to be. Stop trying to change what God has ordained. He likes your hips. He likes your lips. He likes your curves. He likes the way that you're made. He likes your nose. He likes your hair follicle. He likes that brown. He likes that blonde. He likes that black. He likes that white. Because he created it. And he made it just the way that he wanted to create it because there was a purpose behind the creation. See, you got to understand that you were created with a purpose. You are here for a purpose. You are here on an assignment. God has put you here and he is doing something in this city with you in mind. And he needs you to submit to his will. He needs you to submit to his way. And this is where Joseph finds himself. He is finally finding out. As a young adult, 17 years old, he's finding out that God has something ordained and anointed for him to do. Wow. Come on. One of the greatest things in the world is to find out what you're called to do at a young age. Wow. Come on, say that. I mean, you, you, you get to skip wasting years of just getting drunk, passing out. You get to skip years of, of changing majors constantly. You get to skip years of wasting time and money in relationship. You get, to, you get to skip a whole bunch of stuff when you understand who God has called you to be at a young age. And here Joseph is. He's young, and, and there's some things that God is trying to get across to him. He's, he's learning his purpose. That's my first point, the purpose. He, he, learns, he learns purpose and purpose is probably one of the hardest things to comprehend uh, once you get it because purpose, uh, purpose activates something on the inside. Purpose does something that motivates you in a way that other stuff does not. I know people who have fallen in love with purpose because they have a different plan. I know people who, who, who have come in contact with purpose because their mindsets are different. I know people who have fallen in love with purpose because they will kill anything in their present or that's chasing them from their history that will stop them from their destiny. I know people who, who understand that they have purpose on their lives because their, their thoughts are different. Their social media posting is different. The way that they carry themselves, they, people who are filled with purpose talk differently. People who are filled with purpose walk differently. People who have purpose on their lives walk with purpose. They have swagger. They're focused. They're after something. There is a destination that they're after. They're, I can't be distracted by all of this extra stuff that's coming at me because I got purpose to fulfill. I can't listen to everything that everybody else has to say because I got purpose to fulfill. I can't hear what you have to say because I got purpose to fulfill. I can't be reminded of what I used to be because I'm trying to chase my destiny. Joseph learns that he has purpose, and it is the most amazing moment of his life. It's just like, I mean, you are awakened to righteousness. You are awakened to purpose, and you are awakened to the fact that you have been put here for something more than just eating and breathing and getting a great salary one day. You have been put here on an assignment, and the moment that that thing is activated in you, all hell breaks loose. Mm -hmm. Joseph learns his purpose. And his brothers start hating on him. Sheesh. What do you do when you were on the wrong path? Come on now. You was doing all kind of crazy stuff. Putting your life at jeopardy. Putting yourself in positions that could derail you from your destiny. 
And then all of a sudden, you're awakened to righteousness. And you understand that God has a plan for you. And people around you don't understand you anymore. What do you do when your best friend doesn't understand why you don't go to the club anymore? Actually, you do go to the club. It's called Fearless LA. Why don't you follow me there on Sundays? And you can be honest and tell them the truth. We're going to a club. It just happens to be in sunrise on Sunday. Or if you want to, you can bring them at 5 a.m. when it closes. Have them stay around long enough for the team to get here to start praying. And they start realizing that they are in a club. But the Holy Ghost starts creeping up on them and messing them up in ways that they cannot explain. What do you do when you've been changed and people don't understand your change? People you work with don't understand no more why you don't want to get high and go out anymore. They, they don't understand anymore why you don't want to do stuff like that anymore because you've been changed. They don't understand 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 that says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. They don't understand. They don't understand Psalms chapter 1 that says, Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, your delight, is in the law of the Lord. And in it, you're going to meditate day and night. And you're going to be like a tree that's planted in L.A. that will bring forth and its fruit and its season. And whatsoever you do shall prosper. Because you got destiny and purpose activated. But just like the enemy, when you learn destiny... And you learn purpose. He causes something to happen that, that he tries to do to derail you from your purpose. Sometimes he'll cause those as closest to you, those who should understand you, those who should love you and support you. Sometimes those people are the least likely to understand the change that's happened in your life. The least likely to come behind and support what it is that God has called you to do. And you find yourself in this next season that I'm going to tell you about. My next point It's called the pit. Because can I keep it real with you? I'm in, a, I'm in a nightclub. I can say it. Sometimes, sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, when you go from purpose, when you learn purpose and you learn it real good, for no reason at all. Sometimes, pit just happens. Ain't nothing you did to des- and you didn't you didn't do anything wrong. See, this is where I need to say this. See, you think that you did something wrong and that, there, that you did something wrong and that's why stuff is going bad in your life and that's why stuff isn't making sense. The truth of the matter is, is you did something right. And when you did something right, you, 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 you said yes to God. And you got to understand that there is this whole spiritual world around you, okay? You're in the city of angels, baby. You got to understand that you are, in a, you are in a spiritual fight and there are spiritual forces that are activated the moment you, you say yes to God and you say no to them and now they're doing everything they can to pull you back in the direction you used to be in so he so pit just starts happening you start people start tripping on your job because pit just happens people start start pulling away from you because pit just happens you your friends don't want to talk anymore because pit just happens Family doesn't understand you no more because pit just happens because you've been awakened to purpose and destiny. And sometimes you can give up right there because you feel like you did something wrong. I got to go back. I got to, we got to keep this together. This this is my road dog. This is my homie. This is my boy. This is my girl. But let me tell you something. In the moment of a pit experience, something amazing happens and that is called isolation. Sometimes God will isolate you 
before he elevates you. Because he has to, re he has to revelate you. Uh-huh. See, when you go into a season of isolation where no one can save you, no one can pull you out, it, 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 it's a season of separation. You, you, you don't connect anymore like you used to. You, you can't go to the same places for help that you used to go to. You, it doesn't just, it just, it's not making sense like it used to. It's just not coming across like it. It just, you got to pay attention to that because God may have you in a pit situation so that he can get your attention. Sometimes God, thank you, sometimes God will isolate you to, to, to revelate you before he elevates you. Don't believe me? Ask Moses. Moses went to the backside of the desert and he began to take care of sheep. He was isolated. Can you imagine? He was, he was in the tapestry of Pharaoh's mansions and his, and his castle. He, he, I mean, he is, he, is, he, is, he, is the, he is the prince of Egypt. And now he finds himself on the backside of the desert without servants, without beautiful uh, uh, statues and gold and, 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 and all the stuff that he's used to. He's having to understand life in a different way. Jesus was isolated before he was elevated. Don't believe me. After he baptized in the river Jordan, when the Holy Spirit and God the Father all opened their mouth and say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Holy Spirit comes down like a dove. It is the most amazing moment that the Trinity is now all together again, uh, other than Genesis where it says, let us make man in our likeness and our image. This is the first coming of, of all three uh, parts of the Godhead speaking and being present in the moment. And you would think that everything would be great. Then the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord drove him to the wilderness where he was isolated and he was by himself where he had to overcome the temptation of the enemy. Jeez. You see, God will isolate you so that when you need help and it's time to reach for help, you have no one there to help you but him. See, because sometimes we can get codependent on people helping us other than God helping us. We can get used to other ways of being helped other than the way that God has, has, has ordained for us to be helped. And let me say something. Your purpose is so powerful. It's so amazing. It's so incredible. All that stuff you were shouting about earlier. It's so amazing that God needs to make sure that you can trust him with your destiny and not anybody else. So God isolates Joseph. He's in the pit. And the only place he can look for help, watch this, is up. Oh. Bible says, I look unto the hills for what cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. It is the Lord that is going to rescue you from this next situation. It is the Lord that's going to help you pay that, 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 that bill. It's the, it is the Lord that's going to help you get that scholarship. It is the Lord that's going to help you find housing. It is the Lord that's going to get that, that's going to get that contract for you. It is the Lord that's going to open that acting door for you. It is the Lord who is going to do it, and he alone will get the credit for what happens in your life. And it will, be, it will not be your friends. It will not be your mama. It will not be your daddy. It will not be your job. It will be God who will get the credit. Can I get somebody in here to lose your mind about 30 seconds of praise in this place? Wow. All right, let's move. Let's move. So Joseph learns purpose. 
Purpose causes pit to happen because sometimes pit just happens. And now he calls, he calls him out of the pit and he's sold by his brothers. And that's a whole nother story for another day. He's sold by his brothers into a season of slavery. And my next point that I would like to call Potiphar's house. Mm. I want to help you real quick because I'm trying to help you see some of these detours that God has you on. And I, I want you to see the hand of God in every detour that I show you today. You see the hand of God in the pit because he wants you to see that it's him. You see the hand of God in purpose because he wants you to understand that he put it in you. And now we go into Potiphar's house where you need to understand that serving someone else's dream is going to give birth to yours. This is where I usually don't get a lot of amens because we live in a generation now that is, that, is, that is predominantly narcissistic. We live in a generation that is predominantly selfish in nature because we have been taught. And, and it's not our fault because all of our, everybody and everything around us is taught to go get it. Go do what you got to do. Set yourself up to win. Set yourself up for success. Do whatever you got to do to make everything you need to happen for you. And most of the time we will go through life and we will only think about us. But if we're going to do it God's way, we got to think about them. What is the last time you served with no expectation of reward? Was the last time you helped someone without looking for a handout? Was the last time that you got behind something that's bigger and greater than you? That's further down the line than you? That's moving in a direction faster than you're moving it in? And when was the last time you took both hands, not one, both hands, and put it behind the vision that you're standing in front of? Can you see Joseph in Potiphar's house? He has to wear, he has to wear things that he's never worn before. He has to learn to speak a new language that he's never spoken before. Oh, he's, he's eating stuff that he's never eaten before. Oh, can you see what Joseph must have felt like to be in a situation where he did not understand his surroundings, but God was still expecting him to have a servant's heart. You see, when you find yourself in Potiphar's house, the truth of the matter is your perspective will help you get through the season. You, there, there's, there's two things you can see here. Joseph had a chance to see himself as a slave to Potiphar's vision. Or Joseph had the opportunity to see himself as a servant to Potiphar's vision. It doesn't matter how you ended up there. It doesn't matter how you got there. It doesn't matter who helped you get. It doesn't matter how God got you in the seat. The question is, is what perspective will you have now that you are in the seat? Will you see yourself as a slave and say, woe is me, and make up excuses and talk bad about it and be angry and have a bad emotional meltdown every day? Or will you see yourself as the servant and say, I'm here to serve. Show me where I can put my hands Put me in the parking lot. I don't need to be on a microphone. Show me where I can get involved. Put me in a small group. Plug me in because I'm here to be a servant. See, you got to understand that Joseph couldn't get to his final season until he became a servant in his current season. 
See, some of you are looking for the big opportunity to come. Some of you are waiting for the big moment to say, oh, this is it. I'm finally there. And you're not doing anything in the process while you're waiting. But can I tell you something? If you start serving while you're waiting on your destiny to come, God will open doors that man cannot close. God will create opportunities that no man can take credit for. God will do it. And it will be him and him alone that will get the glory for your life. And you will know it was because you took the posture of a servant instead of looking at yourself like a slave. I need some fearless people to get on your feet and understand that God has called you to a season of servanthood. Servanthood is the best hood. Servanthood is what you need. A mind of servanthood is going to get you there. Servanthood will make you move faster. Then other people, servanthood will get you into the seat a lot faster. I was a servant. I'm not talking about something that I'm telling you about in a story. I'm telling you about something I've modeled in my own life. Every season that my wife and I found ourselves in, we just put both hands to the plow and we served with all we had. Whatever they were doing, we were doing. If they were promoting it, we were promoting it. If they were there, we were there. We didn't need no gas money. We, we made up whatever we needed to do. We drove wherever we needed to drive. We get on whatever flight we had to get on. Because it was about servanthood. And we watch God blow our minds. We watch God open Australia to us. We watch God open up opportunities for us to do things that only he could get credit for. Do you know that I'm from the hood? Jehito, that's ghetto in the Greek. My mama was a drug addict from the time I was born until I was 13 years old. I went to 16 different elementary schools, six different middle schools, and three different high schools. My life was so unstable. My mother was out in the streets, and she had me with her, and I, I, she had me by the hand, and we would go into more crack houses than I would go into schoolhouses. And I, I could tell you about places in Dallas where we would have to beg for food at night because we had nowhere else to eat. I could tell you about the pain of what it felt like to be a kid who did not understand why he had a mom that was barely around, that why he didn't know who his dad was. Wow. I could tell you the saddest story that you've ever heard. Well, let me tell you something. I never let my sad story be an excuse. I never let my sad story be an excuse. Why I could not serve. How may I take your order? Every, every room I went in when any of my mentors or someone that I looked up to was there. I was a servant. Couldn't beat me getting coffee. I know your order. I've gotten it enough to know exactly what you want. How may I take your order? And then I, as I served, I watched God do stuff that he didn't do for other people. I watched God create the opportunities that other people were not getting. I watched more educated people. More degrees than a thermometer. I watched anointed people. I watched God push us into motion. Cause us to go forward. Cause great things to happen in our lives because we chose not to see ourselves as servants, I mean, as slaves, 
but we chose the position of a servant. And anytime I'm around someone who's greater than I am, who's gotten along further than I have, or even my fellow brothers and my sisters, I don't hesitate to serve my generation. Can I tell you, you cannot be a narcissist. You must get out of your way and start using words like we, our, and us. And stop using words like me, my, and I. God is looking for people who know how to use other words other than just me, myself, and I. He is looking for us. He's looking, he's looking for us. He's looking for we. He's looking for them. He's looking for all of us to see ourselves connected. He's looking for all of us to do whatever it takes. To see all of us win. I'm in love with seeing you win too. It does me no good to see you lose. Because if I love you, I want to see you win. Do you want to see your friends win? Do you want to see the people around you win? Do you want to see fearless LA win? Then take on the posture of a servant. And learn how to serve in Potiphar's house. Let's keep it moving. So we move from Potiphar's house into prison. Hmm. Prison's a tough one because Joseph did everything right, okay? He did everything right. And then here comes Potiphar's hoochie hussy wife. Hmm, Jojo, what is that you got on? Ooh, ooh, ooh. My nostrils just stand up every time you come around, Jojo. Ooh, Jojo, I'm so hot. Can you fan me? Oh my, ooh, are those guns that you're carrying? My God, Jojo, you, you are so fine. Are all the men made like you where you from? Cause you ain't from around these parts, Jojo. My God, have mercy. The Lord has blessed you, Jojo. Mm, mm, mm. Jesus. The Bible says that Joseph's wife badgered him every day trying to get him to be with her. And Joseph passes the test that gets you out of Potiphar's house, which is the integrity test. See, before you move to the next season, the key that will unlock the door is the integrity that you will display when no one else is watching. talking to people who have purpose buried on the inside of them and I'm telling you at some point you're going to have to pass the integrity test where what you have been taught can be tested and proven to be faithful and then he is unlocked into prison now this is a moment of perspective again because he did nothing wrong and everything went wrong See, when I started to study this, I said, God, why did this happen to Joseph? He did everything right. He served faithfully. He did everything the way he was supposed to. He had the right attitude. He had the right mannerisms. He did everything. He said no to the wife like he should have. And then God said to me, he says, do you think that you're going to be able to pursue your destiny as a believer of Jesus and not endure persecution? Do you understand that saying yes to the will of God 
I'm not just talking about being successful, having money. I'm not just talking about having a nice house and a nice car. I'm not talking about having 2.5 kids and a nice house, 2,000 square feet. I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about saying yes to destiny. I'm talking about saying yes to the reason that God created you to be on this earth. Do you understand that when you say yes to that, it comes with a level of persecution. And God begins to flash the scriptures before me that says, except you take up your cross and follow me, you can have no parts in me. And we all have to carry a cross at some point if we're going to pursue destiny and purpose. And then the unthinkable happens. While he's being persecuted, his gift is tested under pressure. I don't have a lot of time. I'm trying to get there, y'all. His gift is tested under pressure. See, because it's easy to flow when everything is going good. It's easy to be anointed when everything is great. It's easy to say yes to Jesus when all your bills are paid. It's easy to say yes to Jesus when the deal is being made. It's easy to say yes to Jesus when you got an acting gig. It's easy to say yes to Jesus when you got everything you need. But what do you do when you don't have everything? When you have more need than you have provision? Can you flow under pressure? Can you flow when things aren't going your way? Can you flow when you feel like you're hurt? Can you flow when you're in pain? Can you flow when you just got the bad news? Can you flow? Because if you're going to step into your destiny and move past the detours, you're going to have to flow under pressure. Everyone stand to your feet. Joseph flows under pressure and he discerns dreams. He, he uses his gift when he is at his lowest place. And his gift being used in his lowest place unlocked the door for his highest place. Ooh, Jesus. I never saw that. God is getting you prepared for your destiny. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Jesus. Father, I don't know where these are that are in this room. I don't know if they're just learning purpose, if they have just been pushed into a pit. I don't know if they find themselves aimlessly serving in Potiphar's house and have lost their passion to serve. I don't know if they're in a prison where they feel like they're being persecuted for doing right. But what I do know is that you ordered every detour towards their destiny right now in the name of Jesus in the quietness of this moment I pray that you would calm hearts I pray that you would resolve our, in our, our, our hearts and our minds that it is you that has us going through the seasons that we're going through I pray that the process that you have us in that we would not abort that we would not jump out of it that we would not pull ourselves out that we would not be angry frustrated agitated upset I pray against all of those spirits and I pray that we would embrace the process that we would embrace the pit we would embrace the palace we would embrace everything that you have put us in and we will do it with a good attitude and we will say yes and amen and we will thank you that your will is greater than ours. And we will say like Jesus did when he did not understand when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he prayed and asked God, is there any way that this cup can be taken from me? Jesus said something that I pray that every person in this room 
will be able to say before we leave this room not my will but your will be done father i pray that your will would be done in every person's life in this room i pray father that you would move on i pray that you would move on their hearts and their minds to help them to see that it was you directing their steps the whole time. It was not the devil. It was you moving them from place to it was not. It was not the enemy. It was not anything. Else. It was you that was directing them and you are with them in this moment. I pray that they would leave this room encouraged. I pray that they would leave this room understanding. I pray that they would leave this room full of purpose despite the pain. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. Thank you for listening. If you have something you need prayer for, we would love to pray for you. Visit fearlessla.com slash fearless TV to fill out a prayer request or to find more information about Fearless LA.